Welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I don't think I realized that Christmas was actually falling on a Saturday, the day I usually do my podcast. And I was going to, and am going to anyway, postpone this second part of my discussion of the Henrik Ibsen play Brand in order to talk about something else that's happened this week, which happens to have been Christmas week or pre-Christmas week, and how I see its implications generally and rather gloomily. In fact, I think I'm going to call myself a gloomy Catholic this week and in relation to my faith. I don't say this with any kind of pride, because mostly I think it's a habit that was developed as a child by others, and I don't really think in an odd way that it comes from any kind of advanced spiritual thinking, in my case, but I've always been a person concerned about doing what's right. And I know lots of people are concerned with doing what's right, but with me, There is another component that has come and go. It's been furious at some parts of my life and less so in others. It comes with a kind of scrupulosity that has made me in work and in play, even observed to be by folks along the way. And it's, to use Pope Francis's word, rigid. I was one of those people, as I said, taught to obey authority and did so when I was at school as a child through law school and then found out rather late in life that some of the authority out there that I was taught to obey almost without question don't necessarily have the good of others in their minds when they're exercising their authority and that I might well find myself obeying someone that is going to cause me to do ill to others and do ill to myself. I was a terrible hypochondriac as a kid up until my 20s, and when, for example, I even had a little cold, and and even that has lasted well beyond my 20s, I would worry about infecting someone. So at Mass, if I had a little sniffle, for example, I would tell the priest and others that, oh, I might have a cold if I wasn't sure, and I would decline to shake hands. And yet I'd be with people who were clearly sick, and we're still there. But I would worry. What if I was too near someone and I might make them sick? I never liked shaking hands, ever. I've always done it when someone approached me, but I've always felt iffy about it, and I definitely have never been a hugger. I'll do it if someone approaches me, but I'll tell you something, so far as I'm concerned, if the end result of the COVID era is that I can forever justify not touching people, I'll be fine with that. Yes, I know. Some people will say, well, you should maybe talk to a therapist. Well, you know what? Right now, people like me are the ones who are considered the wisest because look what's happened to our society. What's she talking about? Well, here's the thing. While I believe that COVID-19 is real and that sometimes people die of it as they die of the flu, of car accidents, of suicide, of murder, of drug addiction, alcohol abuse, TB, Parkinson's, of falling in their bathtubs, having strokes in their beds or bathrooms, 
I have intellectually been sure that we are being manipulated by our society and as a society, that this COVID has been the best opportunity for people who do not have our interests at heart to control us, to test how willing we are to be controlled, the religious, the non-religious, the everybody's of us out there. I believe that it's part of the remaking of our society and not in a way that's good for our health, our moral, physical, or spiritual health. Of course, I know it doesn't really matter what I believe, but there you are. And from a, quote, religious point of view, I really think that the devil is in the details of all of this and that he's using the goodness of all of us against us. So, speaking for myself, because I am a person who does not want to hurt others, and because I have always been a person of great anxiety, emotionally and psychologically, and because for two years, nearly, the mantra and the pressure has been aimed at telling people that if they don't comply, they are ab initio, hurting others, I am precisely the kind of person who is liable to be afraid of standing up and challenging the prevailing narrative in any other than this, verbal terms. Last night I was trying to get my head a little less depressed, so I watched the perennial, or annual, if you will, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed and Ward Bond, Thomas Mitchell, Beulah Bondi. You know, it's a famous story about a man who lives in a small town, has ideas for leaving that town and living his life, and yet all through his life he's doing good, and people seek him to do good for them, and he never gets to do the things that he wants to do and begins to think he's leading a terrible life, and when some money gets stolen and he is not responsible but is about to be blamed, he thinks very seriously of committing suicide until an angel comes along and shows him what his life would have been, or rather, not what his life would have been, but what life would have been had he never been born. And of course, the end result is that all is well, and he's saved by the community in which he lives. In that community, however, there is this person named Harry F. Potter. I think it's Harry. And he's the banker. He's played by Lionel Barrymore to great effect. And he's one of those people who's basically got the entire town under his thumb. And the only people who are against him are the people of this small building and loan that's run by the Jimmy Stewart character. Well, the movie overall made me feel better. One of the things that occurred to me was that we are living in a world full of Harry F. Potters and not a whole lot of people are standing up to them. So going back to me, I had the vaccinations and I had the booster, in part because I have had other vaccinations in the past and couldn't really argue in any rational way that this one was not a valid one. Though, yes, it's not like other vaccinations. I also had it because I'm around a significant number of elder people. I mean, older than me, and I'm pretty old. The thing is, at this stage of my life, my personal hypochondria, my hypochondria for myself, is not particularly large. But I do still worry greatly about others. Now, that's Christian, of course. But as I said, it's also the perfect tool of those who want to control us. 
Don't visit your family. You might kill grandma. Wear your mask everywhere or you might kill someone out there. Show your papers because we are just protecting everyone. Isolate the unvaccinated because they are dangerous to others. Now, what's sweeping the nation this week is the Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus. And as I read this morning, unless I missed it, very few people have died of this and the effects are the common cold-like. When, if this is all over at some point, are we not going to be affected by viruses that have common cold symptoms or any other series of symptoms? When are we going to stop being walking germ sticks? So here's the story for me this week. And to me, the consequences for my concession to the fear-mongering with I am convinced, as I said, that there's an agenda that isn't about the good of the nation or its people or its various faiths. I picked up my phone this last couple of days. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. And to look, you know, at my email and potential texts. And there was one that changed the already less than delightful holiday season. A friend said that she, he, had tested positive for COVID and apparently did have some symptoms. I won't tell you the word that came to mind immediately. I felt fine. I hadn't been anywhere for the prior several days. I literally had been in my apartment since last Sunday, which was mass. I had had the COVID test twice previously prior to certain medical procedures, but I found it so unpleasant, I avoided circumstances where I would have to take it again. And frankly, they are not terribly accurate. There are many false positives. There are many false negatives. And yet I hear the powers that be telling me I'm all wet, despite what I've read and my personal observations of how the test is administered. So my first thought was that I really didn't need to take the test. Then worry kicked in. I'm supposed to serve, or I was, I was supposed to serve at two Christmas weekend masses. I was also supposed to be going to a small regular gathering at a friend's house at which I would be taking an elderly friend who was looking forward to it. This person is well over 90. It would only be five of us, but then the catastrophic thoughts began. I have an obligation to them. Even though I don't believe what I'm hearing around me, even though in my head I know that there's something wrong with what we're being told, I couldn't live with myself if something happened, and I would never know if it was because of me, whether it was or not. So I found a place that did rapid COVID tests near me for the small price of $75. I shall leave aside in any detail my sensibility about how much money is being made by drug companies and other entities who are associated with them for all this testing and vaccination. You can think about it what you will. The last times I had the test, they were done for you, but this time I had to do it myself. The instructions were to put that little cotton stick up each nostril. The same side, which seemed problematic, shouldn't there be a fresh cotton stick for each nostril? I don't know far enough up that it tickled and then to stick the thing in this plastic bag and give it back to them for a result within 30 minutes to an hour. I was outside and the way into the clinic was blocked, so I had to do it on the sidewalk. Tickle, tickle. And not long after I got home, I was told I was negative. At first, I was delighted. 
Then I remembered, well, this isn't the end of it. It's only five days since my exposure, and the <clears throat> science says that I could be positive on another day up to 14 days. Now, being vaccinated and boosted, it might be a bit less time. But, as you know, there are lots of breakthrough cases. What, if I took the chance here being told I was negative and, and went to Mass and my friend's house and then people get sick, even if I don't have one symptom? And the test might have been inaccurate. One friend suggested that I could take the test again after seven days, which would bring me to Christmas Eve, and then I could feel safe. Could I? Why would that test be any more accurate? And shouldn't I still stay out of people's ways? I mean, since the infection can show up up to 14 days, seven days might be not enough. And here's the thing. I don't actually believe all of this, but I am afraid. Not for myself again, but for anyone whose path I might cross. I'd never know if I got one of them sick, and if it were me, I could not live with that. I might not be sick physically, but I'm experiencing an existential sickness. I am tied in existential knots. What to do? Very simply, I am quarantining through Christmas. I will not go to Mass. Probably I won't go to Sunday Mass, because even that is only seven, eight, nine days. I advised my friend I wouldn't be attending the gathering, and effectively it was cancelled. I am being a good citizen, a good Catholic, right? I hear you. Some of you are saying, yes, you are. But to me, I and those of you who are following along the same things that I'm doing, we are prisoners of a lie I cannot prove is a lie, though I know it is in my bones. I don't believe what is being thrust on us, but I can't know. And while I don't take what they say on faith as I do the existence of God, in fact, I have no faith that they, who's always faceless and especially dangerous, that they have my good at heart, and that, in fact, I am being kept from God and from my friends. My lifelong catastrophic secular and Christian fears are the key to my conformity. Well, they're not Christian fears. They're fears that I interpret in a Christian way. I think I'm interpreting correctly, but who knows? And you know what? I kind of hate myself because I can't do otherwise because I'd hate myself more if something happened. So I have to take the lesser of the two evils. I have to allow myself to be tied in these knots. But you know what also I feel in the depths of my being is that if we are stopping activity, religious and social, because you or I was near someone who tested positive, that this is no accident at this time of the year when people celebrate with their families and their friends and their faiths. And suddenly the cry goes up, danger and spread in cases, and we are told that the unvaccinated are causing all the problems when vaccinated are having the cases too, and you should be upset at those unvaccinated people. Divide, conquer, isolate, imprison. So I am and I use the word celebrate rather loosely because I don't feel very celebratory, I will celebrate the birth of our Savior at home, as now it is Christmas, with some video version of the Mass. It won't be the same. It wasn't the same when we did it before. And it's very, very hard to pray when I'm angry and upset and distrustful. This effort to protect my health and the health of others 
is killing me. How about you? So here I am, believing that what I am doing, locking myself up for the next several days, is absurd, while still doing it because fear is the tool and the result I cannot avoid. Another friend said to me that his sense, her sense, was that by Saturday, just a bit more than seven days, I would be fine, but the what made me inconsolable, and I couldn't take the chance and live. It's also a rare, gloomy Christmas in terms of the weather here in Los Angeles. It's raining. It's kind of cool for us, given what we are and how we act, and looking at the things around us right now, it's marveling that God would even bother to come and become one of us. I like the little mantra, you are God and I am not. Boy, is that lucky for everyone that I am not, because quite frankly, I would have given up already on us. His love in coming here and joining his corrupted creation is overwhelming, is inexpressible. And here I am ranting and raging. I'm certainly not anywhere near there, but I better get over the anger and upset I'm feeling and trust this God, this amazingly loving God who died, who joined our ugliness so that he could help us transcend it and realize in my gut that he is the only solace and source of ultimate good and hope that given my current mood, I won't be asked to apostatize down the road. Though, in this society, I'm beginning to think that it's really possible. I don't know how far my fear extends. I pray that it doesn't, in fact, extend to protecting my own life. I'm off now to try to find a mass to watch on YouTube, I'm sure there are plenty, and beg our Lord for his grace and strength. May he give you the grace and strength that you need. Well, I hope next week to get back to the episode or the second part of the episode regarding the will of God and our wills when it comes to the play brand. So stay tuned and talk to you soon.